welcome back to the Comics Course, Graphical Literature 209 and Society and History here from the Miskatonic Remote Education Program. As always, I am your Professor Hamby, and I have with us, as always, our T.A. Rowan. Say hello, Rowan. Hello. Now, uh, I know a lot of you are hoping for updates on Thomas, Thomas, uh, but he is still in Antarctica, apparently... The rescue ship has been delayed due to unusual seasonal ice. I do somewhere around here have the link to a SoundCloud account, so but I cannot find it right now, so I will bring that and supply it with our next course session for those who are keeping up with his ordeal. I'm sure he will have lots of great stories to tell when we finally get him back here to Miskatonic U and back to civilization. Um quite quite an ordeal he's going through but his internet activity is high so apparently he's keeping himself occupied he's still not responding to any emails of any kind though or messages which is really odd but maybe he's just you know focused on those intellectual tasks to keep cabin fever away and has not thought to check them so today we are going to talk about a genre of manga that really exploded a few years ago and kind of got extremely oversaturated. And that's Isekai, which is literally otherworld manga. And there are a couple of subgenres of this reincarnation versus transport, meaning literally whether you're reincarnated into a new body or you're simply taken over there. And some of them aren't always obvious, which is which. For example, I was reading one last night that looked like it was transport-based, but then he woke back up from a coma after a month back in the quote-unquote real world or his home world, and his body was complete while it was in parts back in the other world. Although then he woke back up in the other world and his body was whole again, so anyway, that's not real clear. It was a, it was a really bad one anyway. A really explicit harem manga uh without much in the way of redeeming features. Today we're going to talk about some more mainstream ones uh, that you might actually see a parent buying for their children or in a library or something like that. And we're going to talk about three of them today. We're going to talk about jobless reincarnation, the time I got reincarnated as a slime, and I shall survive using potions. Now all of these have been really popular. And then next week... We're going to talk about some others. now, And the differences between these are, these three, I think, fulfill the iconic elements of isekai manga. Uh, and next week, we're going to talk about some ones that are kind of more of outliers in some ways. Um, and specifically today, I want to avoid the issue of harem manga. Now, harem is not an outlier. Harem or harem or harem, however you want to say it, uh, it is very common in manga, especially isekai, but it brings up a number of issues about how the main character reacts to it that's worth some discussion that I don't want to bring up while we're talking about the defining traits of isekai itself. So that will be next week in part two of discussing isekai manga. So we're going to start off with one that I think is pretty representative, and it is Moshoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation. Uh, the story is, story is by Rifujin Na Maganote, art uh, by Fujikawa Yuka. Uh, I believe it is up to 13 tankoban, or collected volumes, here in English. It's up to 15 in Japan, being serialized somewhere, but I don't remember where off the top of my head. This was originally a light novel series, and at the end of each tankoban, some material that is not covered in the manga itself is presented in short story form, which is fairly typical of these light novel to manga adaptations when they're collected. Uh, Moshuku Tensai takes a pretty standard plot. The main character is a neat, a loser. He is a 34-year-old jobless guy living entirely off of, you know, cheap ramen who's a complete failure at life. He's never accomplished anything. 
and we find him just chatting with people online during his own parents' funeral. His siblings break down the door and throw him out of the apartment his parents had been paying for. And it becomes clear as the story goes on that he's never had good relations with anybody, not with his parents, not with his siblings, probably not even people online, which were the closest things he had to a relationship. He was a shut-in. Um, he, he is pretty much a failure as a human being. Now, out homeless and unemployed, he realizes he's at complete rock bottom, and he expresses the thought while standing in the rain, I wish I could just start over. And as he's wandering, he sees some teenagers arguing, and they're caught up in their argument and don't see a bus coming. And he dashes forward and pushes a boy and girl out of the way, saving their lives. And this is the one act that gives him, it's implied, a sort of spiritual chance at redemption. Because he is reborn literally. Now we talked about transported versus reincarnation isekai. This is reincarnated. He is literally reincarnated as a baby. And we see him moments after he is presumably pulled out of his mother's womb his new mother's womb, and he retains with himself all of his old life memories. And after that, we next see him at age three when he skinned his knee, and his mother, who's this beautiful stacked blonde, stops and casts a healing spell on him. And that's how we're introduced to the fact that this is a fantasy world. Now, this is another classic aspect of isekai. It is not universal to isekai. Not all isekai exist in the fantasy world, but I would say 98% of the time mm -hmm. when you're reading Isekai, you're going to be in a setting that you can easily imagine being a Japanese RPG setting, tabletop or electronic. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the, you know, pre-7 Final Fantasy games kind of thing. Um, and she casts a, and we find out that after she casts a healing spell that her that his mother and father are ex-adventurers who've retired. And then as the next few pages go on, we find out that he's so fascinated by magic that he begins teaching himself with some books that his mother has had laying around. And he begins learning magic extremely early at the age of three, and they bring in a tutor for him. This tutor is actually the female character on the cover of the first volume hmm. and becomes someone that he is absolutely adores basically a figure that he almost worships um but this is another example so he's age three and they're already bringing in a high level tutor for him this is another classic aspect of the isekai that some ability sets these new characters apart when they come into this new world something that sets them up to be a central character in story something that sets them up able to move events in the new world and in this case, it's that he's a prodigy. Now, is he a prodigy because he's been given special powers or because he's so focused because he wants to make up for the failures of his previous life? Maybe some of both. It's actually not really clear. But we do know that he has full adult cognition and ability while a little child. And this, to some degree, kind of stunts his ability to interact with his parents. He sees them as other adults rather than his parents. And this tutor that comes in is his first real relationship. And one of the things that sets jobless reincarnation apart from many others is that, frankly, in many of the isekai manga, there's little in the way of character development. And jobless reincarnation, it initially appears that way. But as the Tankuban go on and volume after volume passes, you see him pass through these stages he learns to go outside early on, and as he grows up, because we literally stay with him from being this three-year-old child through becoming a teenager, that he learns to have real relationships. Mm -hmm. He learns about family. He actually learns to care about parents as parents, you know, um, and this is very different from a lot of the ones out there. And I'm not sure what to say about it beyond that. I mean, the complexity of the story is not high. Um, it likes to throw a few curveballs. 
there is a point where you think you know where the story is going and there's a giant calamity and characters get thrown all over the world and it takes years for them to reunite. Uh, but it's not a super complex story. It is shoujo, uh, or sorry, shonen. Um, and it is very much oriented towards a young teen audience. The, there are a lot of female characters. It does take a few... Uh, sort of fan service shots here and there. There's a female Catgirl character who's very scantily dressed. Uh, the main character has an affection towards women's panties. Um, but it's actually done pretty sparingly. It's not done as a constant joke. Now, it is a joke when it happens. But it, it happens infrequently enough that you've forgotten the last time it happened by the time it happens again. It, it is not the main point of the story. Um... It is made, done in part to make you remember that he is this adult who's kind of restarted and has these stunted relationships. And for humor, because humor is a part of it. Mm -hmm. And there are times when there's so much action, adventure, plot going on that it's easy to lose the humor in it. So, any questions about that at this point, Rowan? I know you've read Isekai. And you said that uh, there was kind of a major burnout around 2019, 2020 towards Isekai. Is this one that you'd heard of? It sounds familiar, but I don't think I heard about it in any detail. I believe there is an anime of it. Uh, it followed this sort of fairly typical life cycle of light novel, manga, anime. Uh, I don't know who in the States carries an English... Uh, version of the anime subbed or dubbed if anybody does uh, i assume recently i know that you watch anime you've mentioned it uh, i assume you know that funimation has completed their purchase of crunchyroll now this oh, last week okay you did not know that no so it'll be interesting to see if they continue to operate them as two platforms or they join them together somehow join them together um, join them together yeah Give me everything yeah that that obviously would be the best option for consumers, mm -hmm. uh, even if there was a small price increase to include all the content together. So I've not seen the anime for this. I, I'll be honest, I don't see that much anime. I find, uh, not because I dislike mon uh, anime, but because I find manga easier and quicker to read. Um, I will say for those listening, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, they right now have all four theatrical releases of Evangelion, which I will be watching in the very near future. Highly recommend Evangelion. Evangelion, if you've never seen it. Uh, one of the few anime to even have a Western rock song written about it, Matthew Sweetoff, his girlfriend album, Evangelion. Uh, so now that we kind of have those basics outlined, and let, let's go over them, and I want to mention one again that I don't think I did the first time. Uh, isekai manga. You're transported or reincarnated to another world. They get an opportunity to start over. This may be trivial or it may be significant. In this character's case, it's extremely significant. You feature some form of age regression, which is fairly typical, but not universal. But in not this... mandatory. Right. Uh, and in this case, the age regression was pretty significant. They pretty much always have their full memories. Sometimes that knowledge of Earth is important. Sometimes it's not. In this case, it's not. They usually have a special ability. In this case, it's a prodigy. Now, it's not clear if the prodigy is a result of his adult-level intellect and starting over as a child and his focus. Um, and there's also the implication that there's a higher power present. Now, this doesn't come into the series until a much later Tonkoban than later, number one, volume one. Uh, but there is this entity called Hitogama that comes in that basically acts as a deus ex machina. He sets things in motion that otherwise readers would probably go, you know, that seems really BS that he just happens to go down that in this big city. He happens to go out at the one time and go down the one alleyway to run into the immortal demon queen and get the blessing from her that lets him do all this crazy stuff. Um, so Hitogama acts as the entity that sets those things in motion. Uh, and I think it's kind of a stand-in for the writer saying, we need to move the story along and I don't have time to build this up in a, you know, coincidental way where it doesn't feel like BS. So we're using a literal god to stand in and 
simulate, stimulate things. Mm -hmm. But that presence of a higher power is not unusual. Now, one thing that we don't have much of in here, but we do have a little bit of, and I want to mention, is the presence of Japanese RPG elements. Now, we said that often you're in a fantasy Japanese RPG world, mm -hmm. but often RPG elements are also strong. So sometimes you even in Isekai see things talked about in terms of hit points and levels and classes. And some of that is present. I mean, you, for example, have the cat girl warrior. Um, you have the father who's referred to as a fighter, the mother who's referred to as a healer. These are, you know, RPG classes. Mm -hmm. He gets somewhere and there's an adventurer's guild and the adventurer groups are ranked, you know, S to F. Um, mm -hmm. Most of you are probably familiar with S ranking. Basically, in Japanese ranking systems, you know, there's A to F, which are like the grades that Westerners are from English uh, descended colonies are familiar with, A, B, C, D, F. Uh, but then the Japanese have an S for superior ranking above A. And it's, of course, the main character, Rudius Greyrat's goal to eventually become uh, S rank. He doesn't express it in those terms, but it is what will give him a chance to protect his family. And that is one of the important transitions in the story, is his transitioning from wanting to do better, just because he wants to do better than the loser he was in his old life, and transition into doing better to help his family and loved ones. And that's a major point of character development that happens very subtly over the story. Uh, and the writer should be applauded for it. Mm -hmm. So, oh, and I do want to mention, uh, his name is Rudius Greyrat. I do wonder, I don't know if it is, but I wonder if that is a nudge-nudge, wink-wink reference to Fritz LeBear's roguish wizard um, the Grey Mouser. Now, this character does use a sword, uh, but primarily staff, and he's primarily a wizard, and he's very cunning, Rudius Grey Rat. And I could, although he's certainly not a clone of LeBear's character, the Grey Mouser, there's enough overlap and with the name that I could see it being a sly reference to the Grey Mouser, especially if he originally intended him to be a little bit more roguish than he is in the story, as it grew and happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is jobless reincarnation. Now, next up, I'm going to talk about one that, I mean, frankly, people seem obsessed with. I do not understand. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front. I don't understand the appeal of this. Um, I don't believe this was a light novel series first. I believe it was a manga first. And that may not be true, but... Um, it was incredibly popular as a manga. It was incredibly popular as anime, and I don't get it. Uh, it was created by the creative team of Fuse, manga by Tiiki Kawakami, uh, the character designs by Mitzvah, and the series is called That Time oh, I, I Got, got Reincarnated re as a Slime. Say it again. <laughs> that Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Say it for the back ranks. Preach, sister. <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> No? No. Oh, man, I thought we were going to have, a, like, a revival here. No. All right. Well, you you seem to have feelings about this. Share. I, I haven't read any of the manga, but I watched, I think, the first five or six episodes of the anime. And mm -hmm. I, I went into it not with super high hopes, but I thought, oh, this will be fun because I've heard so many good things about it. And I came out very disappointed because it felt very boring and repetitive and I was only like five six episodes in it shouldn't have felt repetitive that soon in yeah I feel you on that um I had a very similar experience with the manga hold on I'm gonna take a shot of whiskey um, God, here we go again look I haven't had much eat to, to eat today I've had five glasses of whiskey two Kit Kats um and the doc said I should have more whiskey in my diet and more mochi. There's some mochi around here somewhere, too. This is who I work with. Technically work for. Miskatonic University considers me worthy of directing people's activities. Anyway, so I, I, I had heard 
so many good things about uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I went into this expecting to be blown away. And I read the first volume. And I said, well, somebody took time to do that. And then I read the second Tonkoban. And I said, well, somebody took the time to do more of that. <laughs> and then I read the third one. And I said, well, somebody certainly has played Pokemon. And then I just kept reading. And I don't know how many Tonkoban I ended up at. Um, 10, 11, 12, I don't know. Um, it, it felt like 100 at some point. And I was bored out of my mind during it. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. It was like on the low, mediocre side for me. Yeah. Now, it started off, I thought, pretty promising. Because <laughs> the standard startup of Isekai, uh, in my experience, fall into two vague categories. The one, like Jobless Reincarnation, where it's impressed upon you what a loser they are before they die. So that you can, you know, have these heartfelt feelings about their rise uh, away from loserdom or wish fulfillment well that, that's a whole that's a slightly different issue the wish fulfillment is a different issue mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really touch on that with jobless reincarnation but wish fulfillment is definitely a big part of that I kind of throw that in mentally with the special ability that they're a prodigy in something mm -hmm. but there is definitely a different aspect of wish fulfillment to talk about with the harem manga because beyond be, because I mentioned that having a special ability allows them to drive the story. They're critical to the world. They drive the plot. And, and that is certainly a form of wish fulfillment because it implies that they're a badass, they're important, mm -hmm. that they're centered to things. But the harem bring in a different form of wish fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to share, I'm going to save that for talking about the harem versions of Isekai next week in the class a little bit. Um, but the isekai manga, in my experience, generally start off in two basic ways. Mm -hmm. One, we're impressed upon what an incredible loser the guy is. Mm -hmm. Or something just, boom, happens out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And there's no real transition point. Mm -hmm. This one's a little bit in between. Now, it definitely does lean towards the, the guy is a loser. We meet the main character. We don't even learn his name. And we find out that he's an employed salaryman. And he is a little bit elder, and one of his juniors is introducing him to his really cute fiance. And the guy feels like a loser. Mm -hmm. But let's compare this to many isekai. He's an employed salaryman. He has a decent apartment. Mm -hmm. He's senior to other people who want to impress him. He interacts with other humans. Right. Who, who invite him out to events. Now, admittedly, it is too kind of rubbing their face a little bit they got a hot chick but he matters enough to them that they want to impress him also the apartment is shown as clean and put together right so he's obviously not a complete loser um he may have see himself as having missed out on things in life but he's not a complete loser and when meeting this man and woman a psycho just violently starts attacking the guy pushes the woman out of the way, takes the knife wound, and dies. Mm -hmm. So he's also somewhat heroic. Mm -hmm. uh, now, we saw this also with Jobless Reincarnation, the same basic idea. They take the death meant for someone else. Mm -hmm. But it's after hitting absolute rock bottom. This guy could have let the person die and then just gone back to his nice apartment. Yeah. And continued living his life. He had a choice here. Right. The other guy had a choice, too, but the alternative involved being homeless on the streets. So, it is different. Mm -hmm. So, this guy dies, and he says, people die from loss of blood? That can't be good. Whoa, I'm starting to feel cold for some reason. And then this weird text bubble pops up that's clearly not anybody's speech. And it says, confirmed generating body that does not require blood. I, I probably shouldn't make it quite so robotic, but it has like little lightning bolts around it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how to represent it. Um, and he says, I'm a virgin. Forgive me my neglected manhood. In the next <laughs> life, I'll promise to use you to great effect sooner, uh, to great effect to, to devour the ladies. And we hear that same voice again. 
Confirmed. Acquisition of unique skill. Predator. Successful. And so we have that higher power here. And he continues to think things. If I lasted to 40, I might have become a sage. Confirmed. Extra skill. Sage acquired. In fact, I guess if I'd held out longer, I might even become a great sage. Confirm. Upgrading. Extra skill. Sage. Uh, successful. Extra skill. Sage. Upgraded to unique skill. Great sage. And he's thinking, what is that voice talking? What do you mean? And he fades out. And then when he comes back, it's in a body that doesn't need blood. He's a slime in a cave. With these unique skills. Predator and Great Sage. Yeah, this is at the point where I thought, ooh, maybe this would be interesting. Because I haven't seen any where they got reincarnated as something kind of traditionally boring, like a slime. Right. And this was, does this fairly accurately... Uh, or I guess I should say the other way around. Does the anime fairly accurately copy this? Yes. Okay. Uh, and it is fairly important. So he awakens in this cave. There's a dragon. I, I don't want to go through the details. If you want to read it, it's not bad. But there's very little in the way of any form of character development. In fact, I would say kind of none. Mm -hmm. And it feels like somebody has played a lot of monster breeding style games like Pokemon. I've never played Pokemon, I'll have to admit. That's just not my generation's thing. Uh, but but I am familiar just from having been around the internet of these monster breeder games where it's like, oh, I'll take these two monsters and the devs never thought of combining these two skills together and it'll make this whole new unique skill and it'll make my monster badass at fighting other monsters. And that's what this whole manga feels like to me. Hmm. You know, because the slime of this unique predator skill is able to absorb other creatures and absorb their skills. And each story seems to revolve around him using this to now exhibit some inc incredibly new badass ability that, you know, completely makes him a god. And in fact, within just a few chapters, he takes over a forest, he makes friends with the spirits of the forest, he takes over goblin tribes, he's acknowledged as a threat by the major powers of the world, mm -hmm. and he's just consistently using his knowledge of the real world to apply its logic to this fantasy world and build up this monster kingdom. Mm -hmm. And it lacks what I feel is any real dramatic tension. Yeah, because he had already gotten like the full goblin stuff done by the time I was bored out of my mind and stopped watching. And I was like, I don't care what happens to this guy. All this stuff has happened, and I didn't give a damn if he won or lost. Right. Because I hadn't gotten to see his personality or anything. And nothing feels like a challenge. The mm -hmm. one time a challenge was not resolved by, oh my god, he's so clever and can apply these abilities really special, is because the... You, you know, nuclear war-level threat embodied in the form, of course, of a little girl coming at them. Th this trope is really old, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's been... It, it was... This trope was new when I started reading manga, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and the only thing that made the conflict with her different was she just turned around and went, okay, I'll be your friend. Other than that, he just outthinks everybody and everything's easy. And every story shift is about how clever he is. And nothing ever feels like a threat. Yeah. And I think the, fan, the, 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 the fascinating thing about this is that, of course... And, and I, I said I was going to save Wish Fulfillment. I'm going to save Harem Wish Fulfillment for next week. But I do feel... This is a bizarre form of wish fulfillment for the readers. Now, normally, the wish fulfillment for the readers in isekai manga is, I can be a badass, I can be the hero, I can be the paladin, or the barbarian, or the whatever, and save the world. This is the wish fulfillment for the reader who just wants to be so clever that just by being clever, they could take over the world. And of course, it's ridiculous, because, A, you'd have to commit get reincarnated as a slime with these special abilities. And one of the first creatures you'd have to be introduced to is one of these nuclear war level threats that just agrees to let you absorb their abilities because they're bored. 
Red Dragons, who's just like, yeah, sure, man. Whatever. So, yeah, it, it's... I do not understand why people like the story, but it is a major one out there. Yeah, I'd be curious to see the people who did really like it and see why they liked it. So if you really liked it, feel free to drop me a note uh, at Pondering Comics on Twitter. That's P-O-N-D. It's freaking English words. Look them up if you don't know them. Pondering Comics. No underscores, no umlauts, no weird emojis. It's just at Pondering Comics. And let me know if you liked it, and if so, why you liked it. Now, we are at this point going to take a short break. It's going to be invisible to everyone else because we're recording. Mm -hmm. But we're going to take a short break uh, and be back in just a second to talk about our third one, which is about surviving using potions. And I don't mean LSD. <laughs> All right. All right, we are back after that brief interlude for Caramel's Bathrooms and Whiskey. So while we had that interlude, my TA, Rowan, was asking about the harem aspect of the slime story. Mm -hmm. that, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. What did you ask again before we go on to the potions one? I, I I saw some like clips of the anime in the future and some panels from the manga, and it looked like to me he kind of developed some sort of harem. So I was asking about that. There's certainly a number of female characters that come around him, and I will say one of the things he does is uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime takes that JRPG element and really takes it up a notch. Um, not only does he interact with this entity that assigns him powers and other entity have powers like in a Japanese RPG game, but he can take races and upgrade them by spending mana and he has limits of his magical energy and it, it, it uses lots and lots of those in-game conventions of <laughs> Japanese RPGs. So some of these uh, goblins and ogres and other things get... Elevated, and when they start as fairly basic humanoid female monsters, they then become hot female monsters that crowd around him. But one thing that Slime does that is interesting is that even though he obviously has a lot of aesthetic preference for females, the Slime is sexless, and even when he gains the ability to take a humanoid form... It is a young female form that is not highly sexed, and the form is genderless. No genitals of any kind. And so while there's a bit of fan service, a lot more fan service comes from when some of these female characters are holding him as a cute little slime, and frankly, their bosoms are resting on top of him. Yeah, those were the scenes I saw that why I thought, oh god, there's a harem coming. And you could technically argue it's a harem. But if so, it's a sexless harem. <laughs> which I would argue is not a harem. Although that's debatable. You could argue that in manga and anime, the term harem is a slightly different meaning than if you go back to the original term. Yeah, the meaning um, has changed over time. Yeah. But, but, I mean, there's not even an implication of sexual activity or sexual tension. And I would argue for it to be a harem, there at least has to be some sort of sexual romantic tension mm -hmm. among the characters. And that's not even present. Mm -hmm. The secretary may have a big bust. She may rest it on top of the slime blob when she carries him. But they're not getting together. There's no sexual attraction. There's no romantic attraction. When the slime takes a human form, there's no flirting. It, it, it's just a few pieces of eye candy to punch up the book. Mm -hmm. So I would argue it's not a harem. Mm -hmm. And also when he got the human form, I got to that point, which is around the time I bailed. Uh, because they took the human form and I was like, the only reason I've been sticking around this long is because he's a cute little slime. And, th and then the human form takes that away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the I, I think I've read in the manga far past where you were in the anime. Uh, and he continues to switch back and forth between the forms, depending on what's convenient. Ah, that's one of the reasons I stopped. I had a feeling that would happen. Yes. Well, I mean, he takes advantage of shape-shifting. 
Which, I mean, this whole series is all about taking advantage of mechanical advantages. This is like the manga for the person who studies intently on their D&D character sheet what their dump stat should be. Okay, man, maybe it should be charisma, but maybe I want to multi-class into warlock. Hmm, but if I take these traits of warlock, I won't actually need my charisma for them. You know, I mean, th this is the kind of person that that time I got reincarnated as a slime is for. The min-maxer. I was about to say, it's the true title is that time I got reincarnated as a min-maxer. I was going to say that, but you beat me to it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into I Shall Survive Using Potions. Now, I'm pretty sure this was originally a light novel series. It is now a manga series. I don't know if it's being made into an anime or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, when I showed you the cover, you said you thought that might be a femboy. Yes, if you didn't tell me before we started this that the main character was a girl, I would have thought it was a femboy. So you think the main character is a twink, basically? <laughs> she kind of looks like a twink. Oh, my lord. Okay, so the original work is by Funa, who I'm pretty sure did the light novel series. Uh, it is up to about, I've read through issue five of the Tonkoban. If there's a more than that translated into English right now, I've missed it. Um, obviously there's more done in Japanese. The manga is by Hibiki Kokone. The character designs are by Tsukima. Uh, so the original light novel series is one thing, but then when they did the manga, they brought in somebody to do the character design and then somebody else to produce the manga. This is fairly typical of the sort of... You know, Corporation discovers popular light novel series, then hires creative team to translate it to manga. Mm -hmm. And I Shall Survive Using Potions is a little bit different from some of the others we've talked about because it does feature a female protagonist. Most of the isekai feature male protagonists. Mm -hmm. Which is, I found this interesting. One of the reasons I thought it was a femboy at first, because I thought they were going to try to make it appealing looking for a male audience, even though it's a male character. No, it, it, it is female. Um, now this is a little different because this, remember I mentioned before, there are sort of these two genres of the thing happens and, you know, a, a motive driven, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, expl I'm saying that poorly again, but there are the ones who are losers and are reborn because they're being given another chance at life, which the first two we talked about certainly include. Mm -hmm. And then there are the ones that are just some random incident. This is random incident. Now, we are exposed to her personality before we find out anything about her story. And that's unusual in these. Usually it's the story that comes first about what a loser they are. But she's not a loser, so her personality comes first. And in the very opening pages, she says... Here's my picture of an ideal life in another world. In other words, this is a person who has thought about it. This is a person who knows the concept of isekai, games and books and stuff. And that's another thing. That sort of being familiar with the tropes of isekai is not that uncommon in isekai. And came along with it being such a saturated market. The later products wanted to distinguish themselves by playing nudge, nudge, wink, wink along with the reader. So she says, here's my picture of an ideal life in another world. I get myself some broken cheat powers. Again, that, you know, sort of JRPG idea that blends into the video game level. Mm -hmm. So I can start making potions and then open a little shop or something to get by. It costs me absolutely nothing to make them because it's a cheat power. So there's no way it could go wrong. I'll be able to survive using this power. So this is her idea if she ever finds herself in this situation. Mm -hmm. She's read isekai light novels. She's familiar with it. Um, and then she says, that is how it should have gone. But now that I'm here, I'm kind of thrown for a loop. You lied to me, goddess. <laughs> and then we transition to seeing her in a much older form. Mm -hmm. And we're told, hey, here's Kayoru Nagasi, 22-year-old office lady. She goes, man, overtime wipes me out. And we see her on an urban street. It could be Tokyo. She's wearing, you know, a business skirt and jacket that any, uh, you know, office lady worker might wear. Mm -hmm. And then something weird happens. And basically, she meets God. But he doesn't call himself God. He says, you know, humans call me God, but 
I'm the overseer of this world. I'm in charge of maintaining it. And there was kind of an accident. You know, things happen and you kind of got wiped out of reality by accident. Oops. And he's like... My bad. I'm kind of responsible for it, but because of things, I can't put you back. I mean, I'm like a 20-dimensional creature. I'm putting myself in this little form to communicate with you. This little form has had to limit its intelligence to communicate with such a limited intelligence creature as you. And it's not capable of explaining because if I did, it'd take a billion years and break your brain and all that. So anyway, I just can't put you back, right? But there's a whole multiverse. And what I'm going to do to try to make it right by you, because this is my responsibility, is I'm going to talk to the overseer of another world and we'll put you there and set you up. Is that cool? And she basically says, yeah, but I've thought about this. I have terms. So she says, I want to cheat power. Now, I won't know my left from my right in there. I won't know that world. So I'll need some amazing abilities, don't you think? So I want to be younger. So let's go back to some of our criteria about Isekai. Now, in this one, she is again being reincarnated. It's not transported. She's being given a new body. She gets that age regression. Instead of becoming an infant, she goes back to when she was 15. By the way, some of the jokes in the series come because it turns out she kind of didn't think about the fact that she didn't get her growth spurts until 16, 17. So at 15, she looks like she's 12 because she was kind of a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. But anyway, she's regressed to 15 years old, which, you know, in a pseudo medieval setting is old enough to be an adult, mm -hmm. which is her plan, which is why it's a screw up that she looks 12. <laughs> Oops. Um... And she wants her cheat power. She wants her special ability. Mm -hmm. She also has the foresight, by the way, to want to leave with no burdens behind. So she gets one last chance to talk to her family, tell them uh, she's okay and she's going to, you know, being set up to do everything well, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And she, her intentions are she's going to go to this new world. She's going to use her cheat power, which is that she can create any potion she wants in any container she wants. Anytime she wants. Now, it turns out the overseer of this new world kind of has a crush on the overseer of her world. Oh. And really wants to make him happy. So she goes along with a lot of demands and requests from <laughs> Kaoru here. Mm -hmm. So Kaoru gets reincarnated with everything she wants. She's 15, um, looking 12. That wasn't part of her plan. But she can make the potions. She's going to set up a shop. And she's going to get married and have babies because this is what she wants. She's had to dedicate her life to being a businesswoman because that's what she's had to do in the big city. But she wants to pass on the family genes. And she can do it with ease, living the good life now that she can just make the potions in this fantasy world. And she asks, does it have magic and all that? Great. So she's transported to the world after the long talk with the goddess, who's kind of a ditz. At least in her, you know, three-dimensional, four-dimensional form. Um, which makes you wonder if in her 20-dimensional form, she's a ditz. <laughs> uh, That's a common trend I've also noticed in Isekai. The god tends to kind of be a ditz when they throw them into another world. Right. So, she's put in this world, and she has one last request before she's put in the world. She asks the goddess to be her friend. Because she doesn't have any friends in the world. And the goddess agrees. Now, every single tiny thing that's been set up to this point has huge, long-lasting ramifications. Mm -hmm. Now, normally, stories with no character development don't tend to interest me. But this story, I felt like actually accomplished what Reincarnated as a Slime was trying to do and being clever. Hmm. Um, so she gets reincarnated. And as you, Rowan, can see from the art here, she looks really young. She's actually 15. Ah, she looks Physically. 12. Mentally, she's 22, of course, the age she was when she left Earth. But she, there is a problem. Oh, and I should note, one of the things she asked for was basically what in D&D &D you'd call a bag of holding. Except hers is infinite capacity. And she can put anything into it. She doesn't even have to touch it. She also asked for the ability to speak with anything so she wouldn't have language problems. So she can even talk to animals. 
And wow, suddenly, she really got min-maxed. Oh, yeah, she did. Now, all of this was meant to facilitate things. So she has the ability to make these healing potions. And so she goes to a hunter's guild, and she's like, I got healing potions. I'm going to sell, I, I want to sell healing potions. And people kind of laugh at her. And she ends up doing things like rubbing people's feet and shoulders to make enough money to eat off of. And she's really frustrated. Ugh. But, you know, it's either that or starve to death, right? Mm-hmm. So she's doing this, and they take a liking to her. They're like, oh, you're cute. And, you know, they're kind of gruff, but nice at the same time. And then this guy comes in. He's been mauled by a gray bear. And they don't know what to do with it. You know, the hunters are familiar with emergency first aid, but there's no doctor nearby. And the apothecary's out. And Kaoru comes forward, and she's like, come on, somebody has to cast a healing spell on him. Somebody should be able to do that kind of magic, right? And it turns out that, yes, she's been dropped into a fantasy world with magic, but there are no spellcasters in this world. There are no healers of divine magic, no wizards. The magic is inherent to basically monsters and some creatures. It's essentially what we... She thought she was going into Final Fantasy, and she was going into a low magic setting. Mm-hmm. And this explains the confusion earlier when they didn't take her healing potion seriously. So she runs up and gives them a healing potion and they are blown away. And of course the story quickly reaches the local nobility who then kidnap her because they want to exploit and control this ability. As always happens with the rich. So the story evolves from there and I don't want to give away too much because people may want to read it. Uh, Kaoru, I will say, does not suffer from excessive character development. I think I've already said that. Um, but her cleverness does come through, and the cleverness does not prevent stress and does not prevent bad things from happening outside her control. Hmm. And even though several times she manages to do things that completely negate the danger, she you still feel like she felt powerless. You still... She still thinks, oh my God, if this one thing had been different, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. So it's realistic. It, it manages to walk a very fine tightrope between exploring the overpoweredness of this, uh, uh, of this min-maxed character uh, and the wish fulfillment inherent with it while still providing dramatic tension in an isekai setting. So it still feels human. Right. And she has all this modern world knowledge that she's taken with her. Um, so it uses those tropes. She has the knowledge of a modern world. She's able to use that in a fantasy setting where people are relatively ignorant compared to her. She has these cheat codes from the goddess. And, and don't get me wrong. She does bad-ass things with it. There is one moment, and I will just call it the swords moment, where I went, that was goddamn brilliant. Because <laughs> um, I don't want to spoil it for people. Mm-hmm. And eventually, essentially a whole religion grows up around her. One of us, one of us. I have no idea what you mean by that. I'm a little scared now, folks. <laughs> if she starts chanting weird Riley and shit, I may actually leave the office. Which, by the way, they're trying to get me out. Dean Feckett has cut off the power to the office. Because you know the rule. If I leave the office, I can't claim it as a domicile anymore. Little does that SOB know. I put in solar panels last year. I am not leaving the office. I'm living rent-free up here. I broke my TA again, folks. You all right? <laughs> Is it Dr. Feckett? You always laugh when I mention his name. I don't know why. No reason. Okay. I think it's Iranian. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, so those are our three. Um, and I, I think they embody fairly standard. Now, I Shall Survive in Another World Using Potions has a female protagonist, 
But other than that, I think these are fairly stock. She has the age regression. She has a special ability. In fact, multiple special abilities. Full memory from her original world. The reincarnation. She wants to start over. This point is not played up a lot. But she regrets kind of living her life as a businesswoman. And wants to explore a family life. Which definitely becomes problematic in the new world. Especially because she looks 12. She looks 12. That's not insurmountable. I mean, people understand the idea that a 15-year-old may look younger. Mm -hmm. And when they talk to her, realize she's older. Okay. I mean, that's not insurmountable. It's everything else that happens in her life. Makes sense. Which becomes just insane. Um, and, you know, let's remember, here in the real world, I have known grown-ass adult women who looked like little children, with little children voices. Genetics are not equally kind to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and she does kind of want to start over, but she's not a loser. Just like uh, the reincarnated as a slime guy maybe had some unfulfilled parts of his life like she does, but not necessarily losers. And that's one of the reasons I think uh, when some people say Isekai is all about loser characters, I don't think that's true. I do think a criteria of Isekai is that... Um, there is some desire on some level to start over. But it can be very subtle and it can be minimal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that wraps up our first class of Isekai. These are sort of the mainstream ones. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to talk about some more outlandish ones. We're going to talk about some harem ones. We're going to talk about one that I think you could argue isn't even Isekai. Um, we're going to talk about a couple variations of harem ones, mm -hmm. including one that I think is actually pretty bad overall it has some redeeming traits but uh, it is clearly just such uh, a redundant fan service that it's essentially nothing but i hesitate to call it porn because then people will think about the you know something that's legally porn it's not legally porn um but it's not very good and then i want to talk about things like harem ones that actually have a lot of redeeming traits Hmm. And could actually be very interesting. So that's so going to be next week. Okay. No, no, what were you going to say? I was going to say there's so few and far in between. <laughs> well, you know, I there is the presence of harem stories that are romantic in nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, those can be good. Those can be interesting. Um, where it's not all about Gorian adolescent male wish fulfillment. Instead, it's adult non-Gorian uh, male wish fulfillment. Um, and, you know, there, th this will be something to talk about on some future episode of the course that I've not seen, but I'm sure it exists out there somewhere, and that is Reverse Harem. I know those. Those I, do exist. Yes, I'm sure they exist. It's not a genre I'm familiar with, but it's one I may become familiar with in order to do a future course session on. Okay. So, for now, if you have any communication for me, Twitter, at Pondering Comics, you can email rogan.hamby at gmail.com. I don't use my Miskatonic uh, address anymore because it's filled with communications, and if I open it, the IT department's going to flag it that I should have read stuff, and I want plausible deniability that I've read actual things about things like my performance reviews. Um, so, I'll just use my personal one, and until next week, read comics. Bye. Mm.